It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Jennifer Langosh, who covers the Cardinals for MLB.com. Jen, we are recording this podcast on a Wednesday, which means that in about two weeks, Florida and Arizona will be infiltrated with baseball. The world will be infiltrated with baseball news. How does that make you feel? Well, considering it's negative seven right now, Danny, as I'm recording this with you, it makes me (laughs) so I'm sure all of St. Louis would love to descend upon Jupiter with the rest of the Cardinals. Um, But it is exciting that maybe there are some signs of spring on the way. Absolutely. And you have so much on Cardinals.com right now because there's there's conversations are happening, which is exciting and different um, things are going on, not necessarily so newsy, but um, you know, the the team is starting to come together and figure out who they want to be and what they're going to look like. And when I say that, I'm specifically talking about the infield when it comes to Matt Carpenter officially moving over to third base with Paul Goldschmidt coming in and taking over at first base, Jen. So I just did a little bit of digging on Carp. I know that if you go to cardinals.com and read your story on him, there's way more in-depth when it comes to numbers, but 2014 and 15 season, he started almost 300 games at third base and he combined made 30 errors in those two seasons. Last season, he went full time at first base. Um, and you wrote about Jen, the skepticism surrounding Matt Carpenter and his ability to be a rock at that position. And basically he's welcoming the, the chip on his shoulder. Yeah, I mean, and those are the words, Danny, that he uses, that he's entering the season feeling like there is a chip on his shoulder. You know, Matt Carpenter is aware um, of what people are saying about his ability to play third base. And, you know, count me among the skeptics, skeptics to some degree, only because of what we've seen from Matt Carpenter at that position in the past. Uh, you know, best case scenario, I think you can hope that he's an average third baseman. I will say if there's a reason for a little bit of a bright spot, it's that last year when he did play third base, he actually Filed, you know, according to the defensive run saved metric as an above average third baseman. Now that again, that may be a little bit overly kind, but I think it does speak to the fact that he can capably play the position. The question for me, though, Danny, is can he stay healthy? Can his shoulder stay healthy over there? I mean, there have been some concerns. He has an unorthodox throwing motion that he isn't going to change just because that's really all he knows how to do. And he did have some shoulder issues a couple years ago. Um, so, you know, can he avoid those things when he's trying to play 140, 150 games at the position? That's going to be key for Matt Carpenter to be able to finish the year strong. Yeah, and listen, if he's the guy, if he, if there is any guy who I think could lead his team and get by uh, with his athletic ability, I feel like he can do it uh, because they have so many other weapons on the infield, in the outfield, and and just in general that kind of maybe make up for what he is lacking at the knowledge of that position and the reps of that position. Um, I feel like he's the guy who could step up and be like, listen, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the best that I can. And I might make an error, but I promise you that I'm giving it the best that I can. Yeah. And let's not underestimate kind of the effects too, of Matt Carpenter actually knowing for a change, what position he's going to play. I mean, (laughs) 
his career and he has moved positions so much. He's often come into spring training a little bit unsure of where he's going to stick. And that's been great flexibility for the Cardinals to have, but it hasn't really helped Matt Carpenter be able to hone in on where he needs to work. That changed the first week of December when he got a phone call that said, hey, you willing to move because we acquired a guy by the name of Paul. (laughs) So, you know, really for the last two months, Matt Carpenter has been able to work almost daily at third base. He knows that's his position. You know, certainly if there's need, he can move elsewhere, but there's really no expectation that he's going to need to have that many other gloves this year coming into the season. Yeah, that's huge for a guy and especially a veteran guy like that who maybe maybe this can kind of mentally help him get in that position and not have to um, think twice about where he's going to be running to uh, when the roster is made for the infield. So that is, you know, that's it is what it is right now. And, and he'll get some more reps when it comes to spring training and actually getting to work with the guys on the infield and, and getting a rhythm and flow. So but I, I like it. Matt Carpenter knows that there's there's people who are. Uh, doing a, an eyebrow raise out of him, Jen, but he he's welcoming that. So I, that's the kind of guy you need on your team, willing to move positions and and ready to take that task on. Yeah, and he's always been that guy, Danny. I mean, that's I mean one of the reasons yeah. why he's been so valuable to this team. I'll add too, this is the first time in Matt Carpenter's career, and he's had you know a seven year career that he knows where he is going to hit, which is lead off, <laughs> way to play, which is third base, coming into spring training. Never before has he kind of come into his season knowing exactly where he fits on both accounts yeah that's pretty cool Jen that's that's very cool the next guy that we get to talk about is Marcelo Zuna and we talked about him last week when it comes to left field and Jose Martinez potentially getting a chance to slot in there and all the trials and tribulations that come along with Jose Martinez but we talked about John Moselak heading down to the Dominican Republic. Originally, um, it was a Cardinals graduation ceremony, but he decided he wanted to spend a little extra time there to visit Marcelo Suna because he did not rehab in the United States. He rehabbed in the DR, and the Cardinals weren't necessarily thrilled with that. They can't monitor him. They can't see how his progress is coming along. So Mo Mo went and and saw for himself with his own two eyes, and he said, "quote Happy to report, he's looking strong, working hard, and will begin his throwing program in early February." Do you feel optimistic that he's going to be ready for opening day? Yeah, I'd like to get my own eyes on him, Danny. You know, I mean, the organizations <laughs> as they want, though. You know, and talking sure. to Mo about this visit, I got no reason to believe that he wasn't being anything but truthful about his observations. So, um, you know, Mo did spend a couple hours with Marcel. He watched Marcel take a couple rounds of batting practice. So it's encouraging that Ozuna has already begun kind of the hitting part of his rehab. Yeah. Um, he is supposed to report to Jupiter a little bit earlier than position players are required to. So that's a plus. He is, though, going to be limited in spring training as far as how many throws he does and kind of the, the effort level of those throws. So I would still expect the Cardinals to bring him along slowly throughout the month of March, obviously with the goal being that by the time we get to opening day that he is full go. But yeah, I mean, again, I think it's an encouraging first step, a little bit of a sigh of relief from the Cardinals who really didn't know what to expect. I mean, Outside of Marcel posting some Instagram videos of his workouts, they had eyes on him since he underwent surgery in late October. And let's not forget that, you know, last year at this time, uh, Marcel showed up to spring training, raised eyebrows again because he wasn't in great shape and wasn't where the Cardinals thought he was going to be. So that's what they're trying to avoid this time around. Again, it seems like a positive first report, but I'm kind of curious to see exactly what he looks like in spring training and then mm-hmm. looks as drills get going as well. Yeah. All right. So case closed for now. He's he's um 
he's well, he's, he's getting better. And, and uh, Mo says that, that he's going to start his throwing program in early February. So for now we, we take Mo's word um, and Jen, you'll be able to see him soon enough once you get down to spring training. So we'll, uh, we'll report back when it comes to that. The last thing that we're going to do, Jen, on this podcast is the most likely. So um, I, I thought it would be fun to do this heading into spring training um, and kind of just look ahead and, and spotlight some guys and what you think that they're going to be able to do. You ready to rock, Jen? Let's do it. Okay. Most likely to start opening day. Has to be Miles Michaelis, right? Sixth place finish. Yeah. High young vote last year. And Danny, he's did not lose a road game in 2020. <laughs> oh. Opening day is at Miller Park. So it uh, seems like he'd be the right fit there. Jen's throwing the knowledge down. All right. Most likely to break camp with the team that's not on our radar. So last year, of course, it was Jordan Hicks, right? Coming out throwing yeah. five out of the bullpen. So I'm going to go with a reliever this time around as well. I believe you pronounce his first name, Unisis. Last name is Cabrera. His first name is spelled like Genesis. Um, but okay. he's a prospect to watch coming into this year. You know, last year we heard a lot about Hicks going into the season as maybe the surprise pick to click. This year, the Cardinals are talking about Cabrera. So came over in the Tommy Pham trade. I'm intrigued to see him in spring training, and I wonder hmm. if he just make his way into that bullpen. All right. Okay, we will watch out for that young man. Most likely to drive the craziest car in spring training. I don't think I can go with anybody except for Carlos Martinez. Yes. <laughs> Check out his Instagram profile if uh, <laughs> you need any backup on that. I'm excited to see what he's gonna he's gonna pull out of his sleeves this uh, this camp. Most likely to hit the first home run of the Cardinal season. Well, the first batter of the Cardinal season is going to be Matt Carpenter, who yeah. eight leadoff homers last year, and just so happens to be the franchise leader in leadoff home runs. So <laughs> seems like a good way to kick off the 2019 season. I'll go with Matt Carpenter. I like it. I like it. All right. Most likely, most likely, first pitcher to hit a home run. I'm going to go with Adam Wainwright um, because I think he would yell at me if I named anyone else. (laughs) No, he has a point. He does have 10 career home runs. So yeah, he's proud. He is. Most likely to throw the first complete game of the season. You know, I think you could go a lot of directions with this on this team, with this rotation, but I'm going to go with Miles Michaelis. Uh, Okay. Second most efficient pitcher last year behind only Jacob deGrom, who won the NL Cy Young Award. So um, efficiency, able to pitch deep in games was kind of his MO last year. So I expect the same from Mr. Miles. Okay. Two awards for this guy so far. Most likely to hit the first walk-off of the season. Well, the Cardinals open on the road, so first walk-off couldn't come for, you know, the first week. So they go home, they open the season against the San Diego Padres, somebody with a lot of familiar playing in the NLS, Mr. Paul Goldschmidt. Okay. Seems like that would be a great way to introduce himself to the Bush Stadium faithful, and doesn't hurt that he had an OPS of 1.08. San Diego last year, so we'll go with Goldie. All right, Goldie. Uh, most likely to get the first call up. You know, I think Jairo Munoz is going to have a hard time breaking camp with the Cardinals, not because he's not deserving. I think he probably is, but because they have so many uh, position players already. But he is a guy with his versatility that I think if he starts the season in Memphis, he'd be the first guy called up because he can play so many different positions. Okay. First, uh, first most likely to have the first cycle. 
for the season. Well, first off, Danny, the Cardinals are going to actually have to hit triples this year if they want to for the cycle. They hit only nine as a team last year. Um, obviously, the lowest total by far in Major League Baseball. I'm going to go with Harrison Bader. I mean, he has sneaky power, so I, you know he can he can hit the gaps and he can hit one over the fence. And obviously, he's the quickest guy on the team, so the most likely to hit the triple. And it's been um, what now 14 years since the Cardinals last hit for the cycle. That was Mark Zalonic. So it's been quite a while. Okay. All right. Most likely to get traded at the deadline. Well, I expect the Cardinals to be buyers at the deadline. Um, but as I look to who might they might, you know, move off their roster, I'm gonna go with Tyler O'Neill. Um, not because he can't be valuable, but I think, you know, with Jose Martinez still here and a crop of other young outfielders behind him, I'm not sure Tyler O'Neill is going to be needed. So if the Cardinals are looking to buy a piece at the deadline and another team wants a major league ready player, Tyler O'Neill could be that guy. Okay. Most likely to get the first ejection of the season. It's hard because we don't see a lot of ejections anymore with replay. Um, but I'm going to go with Matt Carpenter because he tends to argue <laughs> more than anybody else on this team. So, yeah, let's go with Matt Carpenter. All right, Carp. He's racking up the awards here. Most likely to win their first series against blank. Well, they opened the season in Milwaukee, and I would guess they're going to open the year with Miles Michaelis, Carlos Martinez, and Jack Flaherty starting those three games. Strong. I'll take those three guys any day. So I say that first series wins comes against the Milwaukee Brewers. Okay. Um, most likely to steal the most bases. You know, Colton Wong would like me to name him, but I think I'm going to have to go with Harrison Bader. Uh, <laughs> speed. I mean, one of the fastest guys in the majors, and he is going to get every day at bats this year. At least he's projected to. So um, I see Harrison Bader as maybe a sneaky 2020 candidate. And okay. that the stolen bases will be the easy part for him to, to achieve that number. I think he'll like hearing that, Jen. Definitely. Most likely to hit the most home runs. So I could go with Matt Carpenter for this. He led the team with 36 last year. I'm going to go, though, with Paul Goldschmidt. He's averaged yeah. homers a year the last six years. Uh, I don't think his power is going to be hurt too much, even though he's leaving a hitter-friendly chase field. So let's go with Goldie. Okay, Goldie. Most likely to strike out the most batters. Let's tap Jack Flaherty for this one. He led the team okay. last year with 182 strikeouts, which was 11th in the majors. And I think, you know, without any restrictions on his workload, Danny, I mean, there's no reason Jack can't get to that 200 innings or close to 200 innings workload this year, which means he could probably hit 200 strikeouts. So we'll go with Jack Flaherty. I'm liking all these answers, Jen. Last one that I had was most likely to throw the hardest pitch. And I think I know the answer to this one. Yeah, this might be the easiest one you um, provided. Jordan Hicks threw a <laughs> mile-an-hour pitch last year. We talked to him at winter warm-up last week. He thinks he can add a mile or power two onto those. I'm not sure we're going to see Gosh, 106 Jen. or 107 this year, but I think we could see 105 again, and nobody else is going to come close to that. No, absolutely not. I love it. I love it. Did I miss any most likelies? I think that's pretty good, Danny. Most, how about this? I'll toss one at you. Yeah. Most likely to win the National League Central. Oh, Jen. Jen. Man, three-way tie comes down to <laughs> 163, 164. Fair enough. I mean, 
Listen, I just saw that the Cubs added some relievers. They've been so quiet this offseason, confident in what they have. The Pirates have added a couple of guys along with what they picked up at the trade deadline last year. And obviously the Cardinals with Paul Goldschmidt um, making that splash. I mean, it's just going to be good. It's going to be good baseball. So uh, I'm going to – Jen, I can't be a homer. I can't go with the Cardinals, can I? Well, you can do whatever you want, Danny, but I can check in with you a little closer to the season if you want to wait. I mean, we do have to see how the hot stove season ends up. I do think that'll dictate a lot about some of these races that are a little too close to call right now. Absolutely. It is, it's a three-man race in my eyes right now, so uh, um, I'm going to go with that. The, the Brewers, the Cubs, and the Cardinals, I think. Um, yeah, the Brewers. I didn't even mention the Brewers. Gosh, uh, the reigning NL MVP. Um, over there with them, Christian Yelich. So uh, it's going to be a good one, Jen. Yeah, and don't sleep on the Reds. I mean, I don't think they're true. I don't think they're going to be winning the division. Um, but there's no reason why they're not going to play a role in who will win the division. Oh, totally. Such a good offseason. They're going to shake it up. That that is that is for sure. I know Mark Shelton has been like tirelessly working to keep up with everything that's going on in Reds camp over there, Jen. My friend, this has been an excellent podcast. It's always my pleasure to come and talk with you every week, Danny. And thanks for warming up me on this cold day. (laughs) You're welcome. You're (laughs) welcome. Okay, cardinals.com. You can check out that story about Matt Carpenter um, moving positions. Marcelo Zuna, um, the update on him, obviously, in the Dominican Republic. With Jen Langosh, I'm Danny Wexelman. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion. Championship team.